This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it's Caitlin Riley. And I'm Monica Siriani. And welcome to Scaredy Chat, a podcast where we talk about all of our childhood fears, plus a few things that are scaring us right now. Yes, my imaginary friend. From what I remember, her name is Molly. And I I didn't know any Mollies growing up, but I now have a real friend named Molly. So now it feels weird. But for most of my life, there were no other Mollies to step on her toes. And we were like the same age in my mind. Like I must have been like seven to eight and she was also seven to eight. And she had red hair and she wore a white dress with red polka dots on it. Um, And then there was, this this was the scary part about her. She had a huge, dirty, gross stain on her dress. It was- Mm, That's (laughs) suspicious. It was like, she looked totally normal except for this stain. (laughs) Uh, uh, I hate this, but keep going, please. <laughs> she, but I wasn't afraid of her. We played, you know, whatever. But she had, yeah, it was just like this brownish red big spot on like her abdomen and then like kind of down the side of the dress. Um, And I would talk about her all the time. I would talk to my mom about her or I, I would be like, you can't close the car door. Molly's not in yet. You know, all the like kid, kid things. My mom went along with it, but she told me later that she was really freaked out by the idea of Molly. And she was like, I didn't like that you had this weird girl that was following you around, but I didn't know what to do. So I just went went with it. So your mom eventually told you something kind of disturbing about, about this girl, right? Did I make this up? Well, not a, kind of. I mean, it's, it's not as uh, literal as I would love it to be, like... 50 yeah. years before we lived in the house, there was a little girl named Molly and she died. It's not like that. My Also, thank God it wasn't. <laughs> also, also <laughs> like, you did not want that. No. No, that, that, that I don't know. Yeah, that'd probably be worse. But my mom kind of decided that she was probably a ghost without any context for that. And she, I think she did look, like, try to figure it out. Like, did somebody like that live nearby? And she never found anything. Um, but the reason I think Molly is still around is because in my sleep paralysis uh, episodes, I see a girl now my age with longer red hair and she wears, now she wears like a white nightgown. But I, in my mind, I'm like, is this the same person? And she's just like aged with me, you know, and, and I see her in my room and stuff at night. And she's just, the most disturbing iteration of her is that if I'm, on my back, and you know when you have sleep paralysis, it's like you're somewhere between being awake and, a, and asleep and your muscles haven't woken up yet so you can't move, but your mind is active and that's why it's so awful. So I'm in that place where I can't move and I'm looking at the ceiling and there's a girl with the red hair and it's in a braid on the side and the braid is drooping down towards me, you know, from the ceiling. And she's flat against the ceiling and she's just staring at me 
And she has a lemon wedged in her mouth. And then there's a little bit of juice from the lemon, like coming around the side and like dropping onto my face. This is absolutely horrific. You're so chill about this. I I think we should exercise you in some way. <laughs> like we should really get this dealt with. Like this should be like top priority because what is that lemon symbolizing? What does that braid mean? I don't think any of that is good. I'm not sure she's not a demon. I, hope I don't not. trust this Molly chick. I think she's being very invasive. <laughs> Very, very scary. She, I mean, she it has to be a ghost. <laughs> it has to be a ghost. She doesn't talk. She doesn't do anything weird. She doesn't try to hurt me. We just kind of look at each other. And while it's happening, it's very scary. But, you know, afterwards, like, yeah, I can just talk about it. I was like, I don't know what that was. But, yeah, I don't. And then in The Haunting of Hill House, uh, Nell goes to sleep, goes to see a sleep doctor. And I have never really thought about doing that. But when she did it, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should do that. And then I was I like, no, I think yeah. things didn't work out no, so great. For now, spoilers, she's my favorite character on that show because she has the most uh, fucked up storyline by far. I really did think of you, though, when I watched that. I don't think I told you that, though, because I thought it would freak you out. Um, sorry, but Yeah. No, it did. Yeah. But it was so beautifully done. Like, the whole show is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I needed to see this. You know, it's it's important. It's really good. And it's the genre I want to work in. So, of course, I need to watch this. But I avoided it for a long time because it hit a little too close to home. It's an amazing show. But also, you really need to get this Molly out of your house or out of your brain. I don't know. I don't know. She's like your own, like, bent-necked lady. Yeah. Which is, uh, like, the thing that the she thing sees is, in the show. I can firmly confirm that she is not me from the future. Right. That is good. You had to double check. I don't know. Maybe one day you'll have red hair. And be I, white, because she's white also. And be white. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe this is like a separate plane of existence where you look so different, but I don't trust it, and I think you should be afraid. Okay. Not not to tell you to be afraid, but I would be afraid. I'm afraid for you now. So, yeah. Well, you know, that's so, uh, something we'll, we'll work on that. We'll figure that out. So, Monica, um, we are talking to a very special guest this week who does not have some sleep paralysis stories, but is sharing some very interesting and also kind of funny fears from her childhood. Um, We're introducing Amy Townsend. She is the host of, one of the hosts of the True Crime Recaps podcast. So we have a little bit of true crime and we have a little bit of a fun, spooky, supernatural things headed our way. Let's talk to Amy about her fears that are grounded a little bit more in reality than mine. I'm telling you, this girl's real and you should be afraid. I can't let myself be too scared because then I will never sleep. So <laughs> Amazing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Scaredy Chat. We have the amazing Amy Townsend. Amy is the host, or one of the hosts, of True Crime Recaps. Amy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to be here with you, ladies. I got to tell you, this is like a free therapy session, so I really cannot wait to unpack this stuff. That's what everybody (laughs) says, and we are always like, it's cheaper than therapy. Just come on, share all of your childhood fears with us. Amy, can you talk a little bit about, before we get into your childhood fears, a little bit about your podcast and what, what brought you to that in the first place? I got into it really like since I was a kid, I've always been aware of and concerned about true crime. Of course, when I was a kid, I was concerned about being a victim of true crime. I guess I'm also concerned about it now. But 
I grew up just sort of being aware of it and thinking about it and talking about it. And then I was that annoying friend that was always had like five murderers names on the tip of her tongue that was like, if you go with that man from the bar, he will be like Ted Bundy, like Kevin Coe. It's a local horrifying person. And all these people, you know, I was that annoying friend. And then I grew up, I got my journalism degree. I got a master's in marketing. I was, you know, working in an office, listening to podcasts, true crime podcasts. And I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, I can do, I'm talking about this already. I might as well, you know, get on, on a mic and talk about it. And so, and that's where we've come from there. But our show is a little bit different in that I'm one of those people who like to Google like all the weirdest facts ever. And of course, they're always in like 20 different sources. I'm like, why isn't there a show that's just like all the weird stuff? And it's less than a half an hour because I also have like no attention span. So that's what True Crime Recaps is all about. We kind of go into really just an overview of more of the background stuff that more the other podcasts go deeper into that are great. But, you know, there, there's already those out there. So we kind of just go straight to the, the really weird stuff. I love it because I feel like, you know, true crime is super hot now. Yeah. Like everybody's obsessed with it now. It wasn't always like that. And you can always tell when you find those like OG people you know, who are like lifelong yeah. true crime junkies. Yeah. And it just hits different when they're the ones giving the information. So I think that's like one of the best things about your podcast. I love you for that because it's exactly true. But my earliest memory is of being aware of the Adam Walsh kidnapping. Now, oh my God. I, yes. It's yes. literally it's such a horrific story. Yes. Um, Amy, real quick, like give us the abridged version of, of what happened here. I got you. I got you in 50 words or less. Okay, so Adam Walsh in, I want to say, I actually made a note of this, 1981, July 1981, he was in Sears in Hollywood, Florida, uh, and his with his mom. She was doing some shopping, so she left him to play like at an Atari station with some other kids, and she wasn't gone very long when all of a sudden these kids started kind of arguing over whose turn it was to play the game. So a security guard came over and he was like, what the hell, you kids get out of here. You know, if you're going to fight, you got to get out of the mall. And they speculated later that Adam, he's only six at the time, that he was too shy to say, like, what are you talking about? I'm with my mom. I don't even know these kids. And so he got shuttled out of the mall along with these big kids. And of course, they dispersed. They had no idea who he was. And he's standing out there. And a guy, now it's important to note here that this man has never been charged. And in actuality, this case has never been officially solved. But Otis Tool comes tooling up in his white Cadillac and he lures Adam in with promises of like toys and candy. Adam gets in the car, horrifying events happen, and about two weeks later, warning, this is a little graphic, his head was found off the freeway in like northern Florida, Vero Beach, it's about 130 miles away, and they never found the rest of his body. Now, Otis confessed, but he recanted his confession later. He did apparently give a deathbed confession saying that he had um, that he had done it. But officially, the police lost all the evidence that could have like connected him to the crime in an official way. And they even lost his car. 
It's Florida. What? And I can say that because I actually lived (laughs) right near that Sears for like 10 years. We lived in Miami. And every time I passed by, I was like, Sears, you bastards. But I mean, (laughs) can I not say that? I probably shouldn't say that. I mean, Sears is the scene of the crime or the beginning of the scene of the crime. Security guard, crazy. But anyway, it's not his fault. Officially. Okay. So (laughs) he, but then. And again, I'm not going to get off on tangent here, but just like a bizarre fun fact. Otis Toole's partner was Henry Lucas, Henry Lee Lucas, I believe he's also known as. And he's a serial confessor. So he's the one that's confessed Um, to like a hundred murders, all of these things. And Otis Toole is kind of like lumped into that as well. So they don't. They don't know for sure. But, of course, you know, famously, his father went on to host and create, I believe, um, uh, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, which and, they just brought yeah. back, I believe. Yeah, it was a horrifying case. So God knows how I even heard about it at such a young age. Like, how do these kids even hear these things? But somehow I had that in my mind. And even though clearly I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a boy. I wasn't playing video games. But it was just this awareness that, like, kids can be taken and they won't come back oftentimes. And it was at the time I was just like floored me. And I'm a big sister. I've got two little brothers. And so I had that responsibility of like, okay, I'll be damned if it happens to me or anyone else. And so I really just was like, any little amount of danger, just any strangers, I was like, stay away. We're not... really giving off this, I mean, I was born kind of uh, with that whole like Morticia Adams vibe, but I fully cultivated it subconsciously (laughs) and just really repelled people and still do to this day. But it's, yeah, I was like, you know what? That's not going to happen to me or these brothers. And I just spent all this time thinking of like security measures, what I'm going to (laughs) do if someone comes up to me like, no, 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 you know, the whole thing. And I mean, nobody ever came up to me, but (laughs) I I maintain that they ever had, they were in for a shock. Let me tell you this. You don't want to mess with that (laughs) child to the the crazy point. So, yeah, I mean, just really, it really was not good for my social life growing up, but I think my friends are safer for it. Yeah. I was that person, you know, that was like, let me tell you about Ted Bundy. Sit down. Do you have an hour? We're going to talk about why you should not go home with that cute guy you just met in a bar. You know, like all of that stuff. Well, so I think women and especially young girls are taught yeah. um, to be so polite all the time to, you know, if somebody comes up to you or whatever, never, never be rude, never be unkind, you know, always sort of be welcoming, smile. And I do think now, especially that there has been kind of a pushback where, no, especially if you're a child, like if somebody is being, making you feel unsafe, making you feel uncomfortable, like you don't have to actually put up with that. Like Mm -hmm, you don't have mm -hmm. to be polite. Like you can hurt their feelings, even if they're just kind of like a weirdo and they don't mean any Ted Bundy level of harm. I, I think it is, it keeps people safer, you know, obviously. Yeah, because you, you just never, you never, never know, know other people's intentions. You just never know. Yeah. No, you really don't know. And that's the beauty part of true crime. And I, I mean, some people, my my mom is like, are you traumatic? What's wrong with you? Are you being, this is full <laughs> on PTSD just because you talk about it and read about it all the time. And I'm like, no, you know what? It really feels familiar because I spent my entire life worrying about it, thinking about it, reading about it. Because once you know the danger, once you know the worst case scenario, for me, I can better prepare myself for it. I can better say like, oh, that person does not have a puppy in his van. Please back away from the van. You know, I mean- <laughs> You have to kind of know what's 
what is possible, like you said. It's like, anything's possible. These people are capable of the most outrageous shit. Can we say shit? Yeah, the most crazy, I mean, God, it's unbelievable. Every time you say you're not going to be surprised, I'm surprised. And it makes sense for the era, too, because, like, I feel like in the 80s, everybody was going missing, like, all over (laughs) the country. And, like, the Atlanta child murders were in the 80s, and how many kids went missing during that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a valid fear as a kid in the time that you could be taken. Absolutely. And yet... Nobody, I don't recall any parent, any adult figure of mine ever saying, hey, by the way, if somebody were to come up to you, maybe don't go with them. That was never, like, actually said. I also didn't get the sex talk, but I'm sure they're not related. (laughs) I didn't either. You know what's funny? I I do remember distinctly. I grew up in the 90s, um, and I remember my mom specifically having a conversation with me. My mom is also kind of like a true crime fan she's she's so funny because she's one of these people who if you meet her i monica you can attest to this she's a preschool teacher was a preschool teacher very sweet woman very like pleasant bubbly Mm -hmm. but like we'll be like sitting down or we'll be in the car and and she'll just be like you know let me just tell you this like crazy story that i read or you know so and so like was murdered like in this crazy she'll just like bust out like a true crime story or like let me hear let me tell you about this thing i saw in the news that horrific disturbing tale but i remember when well, i was I, like caitlin i <laughs> caitlin i gotta stop you right there because like mother like daughter caitlin is the I, exact same way I do you know too. she caitlin is super bubbly and like one of the nicest people i know <laughs> and then she'll just say horrific shit out of nowhere and you're I like what how does this exist in the same person <laughs> I no love it that. is it is true i definitely i get that specifically from my mom but that's where i get it from and it's so funny because i do remember my mom having that conversation with me early, being like, hey, if somebody comes to school and they say that I'm, you know, you're, uh, I'm, I'm a friend of your mom's, I'm picking you up, you know not to go with them, right? Like, obviously the candy in the van, nobody, don't eat candy from anyone's van, even if they are legitimately offering that. But I remember that very distinctly. And I think it's because the 80s happened and then there was this big pushback away from like the latchkey kids, you know, people, you know, really you had to be home with your kids, like, whatever. Someone had to be home with Mm -hmm. your kids. All these kidnapping stories came up. And I do think there was kind of, like, a reversal where then it maybe was a little too helicopter parenty. I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does make sense, but I'm, like, one of those that I I don't have kids, and I swear to God, it's because I just spent my whole life being afraid that something would happen to my brothers. I mean, it's... I'm, I'm totally that Gen X, like, nobody was home. Nobody cared. They're like, good luck to you, girl. And I'm like, all right. And yeah, now I'm so glad to hear about these kind of parents like your mom, because come on, that is a conversation for sure. It's just way too easy to take these kids. They're just way too trusting. I have a little niece and I'm like a full on helicopter. I'm like, no, stay away from her. I'm like a psycho. So yeah. But you care, you know? She needs you, that though. She needs you know that. too much and you care. So I've well, seen too much. You know too much, you've seen too much, and I actually am very curious about, like, in your uh, pretend plan of if you were to get taken, I would love to know some of the steps that you had, like, ready to go. Because, like, you know, I've heard the, if you get put in a trunk, kick out the lights, you know, or, which I I still don't even know what I would do after that. Like, now what? You know, (laughs) but... You wave your hand out of the taillight, Monica, so you kick it out, you kick it out. If you you can't open the trunk, which is 
probably the ideal situation. Sorry, I just have to. <laughs> you kick out the tail light and then you wave your hand and then that'll signal for help. That's all. Yeah, makes sense. Did you see the Halle Berry movie? It's like, I think it's called 911. She's an operator and she's, and that literally happened. She's following a car and they're doing that. No, that's such a good, I, see, I've never seen it depicted on camera before. I just always <sighs> knew that because again, crazy. You're so good. I actually <laughs> didn't know that. I picked it from that. Well, I mean, maybe I kind of had an awareness, but then, yeah, that was, it's a very good movie. It's like a PSA in many ways. <laughs> like, watch that movie. Yeah. For sure. And then it's like, also, you know, in Taken, when the daughter gets taken, she like knows what's going to happen to her. She's like, they're going to pump us full of drugs because they want us to be submissive. Like, she knows what's coming because Liam Neeson is, Liam Neeson is her dad. Um, so, yes, I would love to know, like, what was part of your plan if you ever got taken? I was, like, a little bit more disorganized. My thoughts immediately went to, like, go nuts. If anybody comes up to you and tries to, like, grab your arm, literally just fly into a rage and, like, start thrashing every ounce of your body and biting and kicking and just really go crazy. Like, like the person you see on, you know, cops or something. Like, do that and just go crazy. And then if you're still there, just go for and And, of course... Thank you, Oprah. Never go to the second location. No matter what, make them shoot you right there on the street because you don't want the second locations where all the bad shit happens. So you're like, never do that. And then the other Oprah thing was the keys, you know? We all know the holding the keys. Oh, yeah. And of course, I mean, I'm sure we all still do that, obviously. We sh- all should be. And then, you know, the hand on the mace. But those are all, as an adult, but as a kid, all I had was like, throw the biggest tantrum of your life. Start freaking out. Don't be afraid. Like, and I would be like, this, this is going to get a little deep. But I grew up in, in the woods in a log cabin, like a real weirdo. So... I would be down in the woods. My brothers and I would be like playing down there, whatever. And I would make us have drills of like, you're being kidnapped. What are you going to do? And I'd be like, scream, scream louder. You're you're not loud enough. And they would be like, they're probably super traumatized now, but (laughs) they would just like have to like get out of if it was me, if I was the kidnapper, if my brother was, and we'd have to get out of their grass and scream for help and then run as fast as you can. And then I had my grandparents address memorize they live like three states away I have no idea why I would go there (laughs) instead of like home but I come from a broken home this will be no shock so clearly I'm like well I think I need to go to my grandparents for help and so these were like the plans but as I was I'm thinking back you know since we've been talking about this I'm like god damn girl like you were really thinking about this a lot because even just you know on long car rides if I was done with my book or whatever my mind would just that was just what I would do to amuse myself, security measures. How am I going to get out of something? How am I going to keep myself safe? How am I going to keep my brother safe? I mean, just crazy. And then it never really stopped. And then, real quick story. I remember the moment. Now, tell me if you guys were like, remember this, or if, if it's probably just me. But the moment when I realized that kidnapping, I, I, there was a time when I really thought, you will grow out of this. This is only a fear <laughs> that you will have to worry about while you're a kid and as you grow older it's in there it's in the name yeah no as if and now we know (laughs) no this can happen anytime yeah and and just kind of remember feeling like holy god does it never end and it apparently never does so yeah do you have i do think like oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna ask you you know there are some stories where people have escaped from 
the kidnapper's lair and stuff. And obviously, you don't go to the second location. That's the ideal scenario. But were, was there any story that you were like, oh, my God, this person got out of the kidnapper's grasp? Like, I, I hope to emulate that. Was there any story like that that you were like, oh, man, like, I got to I gotta take notes on that one? I mean, I for sure, I'm sure we probably all have kind of the same, like, J.C. Duggar, the Elizabeth Smart, those stories I don't know that back in the day that I was very aware of anybody actually coming back from that. And that wasn't, I was more focused on the worst case scenario and not trying to like find any sort of glimmer of hope like I probably should have been. So, but definitely my first like, oh my gosh, that glimmer of hope kind of came when, and I apologize because I don't, I haven't looked at those recently, but which girl came first? I believe it was JC or was it Elizabeth that got, managed to get out. But think, I mean, and certainly, like, their stories are just crazy horrific. And, of course, the Cleveland Three, I mean, all of those girls. And thank God it can happen. But I can't even imagine. I mean, if I was there, I don't know. What would you do? I mean, if you were kidnapped, you you were in the lair, how would you? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think about this a lot, actually. (laughs) I feel like I feel like I would like to think because I have no idea how I would actually behave in this yeah. situation. But I like to think that I'd be like one of those long game people, you know, like they start to That's what I convince think, yeah. the kidnapper that I'm okay with this. I've, I've, I'm fully stockholmed. I'm not leaving. I want to be here. And then one day I'll get the, the privilege to hold something sharp and then I will stab them in the neck. Exactly. Know? That's how I feel too. I would, I would love to really play the long game, the manipulation slowly over time until they gain, you know, I gain their trust. I say, no, we're, you know, we're best friends. I would never mm. leave you. I'd never choose to leave you. Mm. You can trust me with a machete. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> let me hold yes. machete. Friends let each other hold each other's machetes. Exactly. That's so smart. You're giving me so many ideas. I feel like I need to like start <laughs> writing this down just in case, just to keep it in my memory. Yeah, it's like insane. And then if I wasn't worried about like actual humans kidnapping me. I was worried about my freaking stuffed animals climbing up on my bed and killing me in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yes. And I totally, I really <laughs> want to talk about that because you have two fears that are so different from each other. Cause one of them is very grounded in reality, reality of the times, a sign of the era, like makes sense. The other fear is just like a normal, like weird kid fear that's Rooted in your imagination. So, yes, tell I us about that. I maintain that's rooted in reality. Do you, have you seen <laughs> Annabelle? That thing is based on oh, a true yeah. story. True. And that doll is messed up. Monica, uh, Monica has a thing about dolls also. So, so yeah. Believe me, Monica trusts no inanimate object either. But, yeah. Some <laughs> no, animals you, haven't come up yet, so. Oh, my God. These things. And and I was thinking, like, what were these stuffed animals? A freaking unicorn. So most little girls are like, unicorns. I'm like, Keep that horn away from me. I swear to God, that thing is pointy. It will like probably stab me right in the eye. I had like a bear over there. I had this doll that like a distant aunt or something made me for Christmas. And she came, she made these clothes too. And of course, in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, oh my God, that was such a sweet thing. When she gave it to me, I'm like, you have delivered Lucifer right to my bedroom. Thank you so much. Because of course I can't get rid of them. That's just going to piss them off. You have to keep them and be polite. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to bed now. Is everybody comfortable? Is everybody cool? Everybody got what they need? Okay, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. And then the thing with the, the doll with the clothes, she had a face on her. I swear this woman 
she was not super talented with a needle. And it was a face like John Wayne Gacy would have embroidered this face on this doll. It was horrifying. And I was always worried because she came with her own set of clothes that I was going to wake up one morning and she'd be in a new set of clothes. And I'm like, ah. I mean, the whole thing, so scary. I blame my father. What I would love to know, because like Caitlin said, I also have a fear of dolls. So we are, we are kindred souls. I hate yeah. dolls. I hate the ones that want them anywhere near me. And inanimate objects in general can kind of mess with me a little bit. What is it about, I get the doll part. What is it about like stuffed animals that you're like, no, I, I don't love this? I feel like it, <laughs> this is going to sound like so weird, but I feel like it's easier for like the devil to inhabit them. I don't know where I'm getting this, literally just probably from movies and my crazy imagination, but I just feel like they're too innocent, they're too, it's like, it's a lure in a weird way. I feel like everybody loves these things, but it's just, a, it's just, that's their plan to get you to like cuddle them at night so that they can, I don't know what they would do exactly. I slept with my blanket over my ear because as everybody knows, that's the protection. You sleep yeah. with your blanket. And so I was I was safe from them, but Lord knows if I like slept with one of them. Oh, God. To this day, I'm like, ugh, that gives me like actual goosebumps. See, I'm like such a stuffed animal person. It's so embarrassing, but I like Bless still you. sleep with a stuffed animal. I <laughs> I sleep with my fiance and this stuffed animal like in bed, and like sometimes in the middle of the night, he'll literally throw it because he doesn't <laughs> like. It'll be so bad, but. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I feel like there is something when something is too innocent, it feels like it's so easily corrupted. And I think we see that all the time in movies. So, you know, you have obviously we bring this movie up literally every single podcast, but like The Ring, it's an adorable little girl who's corrupted and made, you know, disgusting. The Exorcist is same thing. The devil inhabits a little girl who's sweet and pure and innocent. Stuffed animals, though, it's so interesting because I'm sure that there have been stuffed animals that have been like and there's you know? actually there's a movie out literally right now it just came out i keep seeing it on instagram come, oh, is it what? come play is it that no, one it's like it's like my friend benny or something oh. and benny benny's like a little red bear that sounds scary is he an evil bear yeah, yeah. he's evil <laughs> yeah i mean he has really sharp teeth no. Oh my God. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And girl, I, if I don't want anything to happen to you, but if anything should happen to you because of that stuffed animal, I, I want it on the record. I told you so. You like did. That, thing, you did. that thing should not be in bed with you. But <laughs> it's I, you very are a brave, brave now woman. You <laughs> You're a very brave woman. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. Scary. Monica, should we move into chill or chilling? Absolutely. I was just going to propose that we move into our game. Cool. Um, Amy, we've crafted some questions based on what we know about you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and yes, and you know, chill is like, down, would do this. Chilling is like, no, this is, why would anybody do that? Hard pass. Yeah, okay. So chill or chilling. Being in a Huggies commercial with that weird ass talking teddy bear. <laughs> chill or chilling? Uh Chill, so chilling. I can't even get the word out. <laughs> so absolutely not. No, no, no. Would it be better or worse if that if that person if there's a person inside of the teddy bear or if it was just a stuffed animal they animated later? I feel like it would be worse because then that would be combining my two biggest fears in right. one horrifying furry. The Huggies person could kidnap you theoretically, and then that's and just even- whole thing. Exactly. You're combined. It's like a stranger inside a stuffed animal. Oh, my God. 
Okay, here's our here's our next one. Making a build a bear. Chill or chilling. <laughs> you guys are killing me because I haven't like <laughs> thought about that for so long and now I'm like, oh god. The parts. And oh no, no. Just the, no, that's so chilling. Well, okay. I literally have goosebumps. <laughs> like, my hair is standing Here, up. That's- here's the one thing I'm going to say, and I hope this makes you feel better. I feel like if you made it, you would be its god, and it would oh. it would owe you everything. <laughs> so, you know, in Build-A-Bear, I've made quite a few Build-A-Bears in my time. By the way, Build-A-Bear is, is very fun, but, like, kind Caitlin, of ridiculous. do you have a god complex? Like, I might, But, like, you, you put a heart, like, you put, like, a plush heart inside the Build-A-Bear. Um, and I and I feel like that's supposed to give it life. Like, you know, you stuff it with, like, a heart. Um, and I feel like it's a Frankenstein monster scenario, you know? Like, you... I just think it's fine. I mean, I guess man turns against God sometimes. <laughs> In this case, I don't know, you know? How fun. And this is our last one. Being a contestant on Fear Factor. Chill or chilling? Oh, chilling. I'm the person that was picked last in PE. I'm not athletic at all. Like, I have zero, like, survival skills outside of just freaking out and, you know, <laughs> losing my mind. And other than that, like, I would die. I would just lay – and I would also not try. I would just lay down and die. Like, I was like <laughs> – This was so fun. Amy, why don't you tell us where everybody can find you, what, you know, what you guys are covering next on your podcast, where they can find your podcast – Etc. Etc. Thank you so much for the chance. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, and then you can also find us on YouTube at True Crime Recaps or on Facebook at True Crime Recaps Videos, on Instagram at True Crime Recaps. Literally, just type in True Crime Recaps, and you're gonna find every platform. And we are starting more um, IGTV uh, next month. So, and of course. The TikTok is coming. And that will be so exciting for all of us, I'm sure. We know you loved this episode and you love that feeling of being scared. So make sure you share this podcast with at least one other person that you want to be scared with. And make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and rate and review and share it so everybody you were scared with as a kid can be scared with you now. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And hey, if you have a scary story that you want the world to hear, email it to us. Send it to us at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Security Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suryagi. Produced by Jeff Swimmer. Editing and sound design by Fitz Harris. Theme music by Eric Fashingbauer with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz. And Gail Gilman is the executive producer. Hold up. 